On today's episode, we'll be talking about How to Rob a Bank, the show that's in its first season. I watched episode 8, 90 Second Job. It's a documentary, right? Yeah, it's a documentary, like one of those crime shows. So is it like Forensic Files or stuff like that? I haven't seen Forensic Files. But, but it's like, one, but it, does I it fall, so. follow the same vein of like kind of those real life murder stories? Or Except like no one dies. It's all about how to rob a bank. I expected to go in there with a notepad to get a step-by-step like instruction so that by the end I could become a criminal and rob it's it's funny you say that because I, I saw a, a source that was literally like, is this show how to rob a bank? Like, is it, is it going to actually teach you how to rob a bank and what influence will this have? And apparently most of the stories end with people in jail or very occasionally, I believe, death. So, like, the source was like, if only if you're the craziest you will actually try and rob a bank by watching this show. And I was like, that's... Yeah, That's but the people odd. people who watch these type of shows um, on the regular, not the ones who just tune in once in a while, but those who just like twenty four seven have it on in the background. Yeah, I don't know. They're quite willing to snap one of these days. Well, I mean, that's like saying most people that watch those murder uh, stories would, like, go out and murder someone. I mean, yeah, but... That would make for an enticing episode of one of those, though. It's like, how did it start? Well, I was watching Forensic Files. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, no, this one was actually kind of boring. Uh, it was about this guy named Clay Toomey, and right off the bat, you could kind of tell that he was a self-obsessed obsessed asshole. <laughs> um... He had a bunch of, like, smug pictures that they kept posting of him throughout his childhood. And (laughs) somehow, he was always having this just blank expression of, like, I'm better than you. And uh, we watched him kind of grow up in Mesquite, Texas, in this religious family. Did he remind you of um, the, uh, what was that one movie that came out a couple years ago? Blockers. Did he remind you of the Blockers kid who was just, like, smug throughout? No, that guy was, like, uh, funny. This one just thought himself to be better than he was. Like, he had a bunch of braggy lines that he kept saying in a way that was trying to make it seem like he was redeemed from the person he used to be, but just came across like he was the same old guy. He was in jail, right? He, yeah, but the way he got into jail wasn't like he was caught or anything. He ends up turning himself in. Uh, Yeah, but, like, some of his lines are just pretty classic. It was, like, arrogance was my number one character trait. (laughs) Uh, It's always been important for me to be something significant. Um, Like, they could have been the inside of, like, a fortune cookie if you wanted to go to a restaurant that just annoyed the hell out of you. As a kid, I didn't really see the need to just do what I was told. (laughs) One day I woke up and just said, today. (laughs) Wait, that's, that's literally one of the lines? Yeah, but that was the day you, like, chose to rob a bank. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't have any real schedule. If I felt like doing it, I did it. <laughs> and then lastly, I don't know if it was my favorite, but it was definitely the one they repeated the most. You can probably rob a bank faster than you can order a Big Mac. <laughs> yeah, and so that's why they called it 90 Second Job. He didn't really have any um, plans when he went in. He was just like, it takes them a while to hit that alarm button, so I can probably just ask for the money and leave by the time the cops get there. And that was his full plan. He didn't wear a mask. He just slipped him a note. And uh, it's as simple as it sounds. Wait, so so he his whole entire reasoning for why he was able to escape was because he thought that it would take them too long to ring the alarm. And within that time frame, he would just get the money and leave. Yeah, that, the little buzzer they have under their desk. Yeah, right. 
the teller just gives them the money and he has like a few seconds just to get it into uh, a bag and then walk out the front door, get into his truck and drive away by the time that the cops get there. What did the note say? Don't take uh, any steps to try to stop me. Uh, don't hit the buzzer. Give me the money and I'll walk out. No so, one will get hurt. Okay, I was going to ask if there was yeah any threat. Um, I assume there was. A, I, they never showed a gun or anything that he was threatening them with. Otherwise, I think he would have gone to jail for longer. He only ended up going for three years. Oh, is, is he out? Is that Oh, yeah, he's out. He's out. So he's did, ready for more. No. So when they did the uh, when they did the interview, was it at like his house or was it just like at a random place? Or because I thought it was going to be in jail where they did. The no, interview. it was at his house, and they interviewed a ton of people. Uh, they had his mom on there. They had his brother. They had his friend Larry. They had Audrey. They didn't have his wife or ex-wife, which was interesting to me. It kind of reminded me of making uh, a murderer. Yeah. The where series, yeah. yeah the characters wife for the longest time who had even supported him when he got arrested for murder the second time um, just didn't appear on the series and a lot of people had questions about why not yeah so I mean that's that's always kind of weird with these documentaries it always seems like there's something going on with the spouses like in Tiger King and everything like that but um with this was it like only one bank that he was robbing or did he try to rob <laughs> multiple back to the same bank no, he went all around Texas, I think, and uh, where I have the names of the places here somewhere, but he robbed them for one thousand to seven thousand dollars each. It was never for like the back vault money. It, it was just like whatever. 11, it was whatever they had in their little. Um, what, what is it called? Oh, the little cashier, cashier box, box or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like he could have done that at a store too. And probably if he'd gone to a big enough store, gotten similar amounts of money. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't know why he chose a bank other than he thought earlier when he had a gambling addiction, he had an intervention by his parents and his friends for that, and they found out that he was the one who had been taking their money from their, their accounts oh, yeah. from a, a footage camera at the bank. And what he learned from that was that bank cameras kind of suck. They don't show, they're really grainy, or they were at the time. So he was like, oh, this is perfect. Anyone can go in and, and take stuff. You said that, it was he a poker player? Yeah, so he was raised super religious, but then when he like turned 25 and he was already married at that point, and he was kind of miserable because he was a failed musician, um, he got into online poker after his family introduced him to it, like a cousin's poker game. <clears throat> and then he got into an Oklahoma casino and his habit kind of transformed into I would play from the time I woke up to the time I went to sleep type deal. Yeah, okay. So, so he went from one addiction, and then I think he ended up losing a good enough amount of money where uh, he needed to rob banks, and he didn't want to hold a steady job. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But the way they played it here was that he his motive was not that he needed to rob the bank, that he was just looking for a thrill. Reading, yeah, reading into... Uh, this I found one source that ex that described two of the episodes very shortly, and that was one of them. They said a Christian rock singer who finds the path to becoming a professional poker player is a lot more expensive than he realized. Um, they didn't even really mention that it was Christian rock. Well, yeah, that's that's what it said on the website, but yeah, that's. What if it was a different person that they were talking about? It's, it's just, just the same. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Christian rockers coming out and becoming bank robbers. 
Yeah, there were a lot of funny moments in this. Unintentionally funny. Unintentionally, yeah. Um, they had... At, during his, like, fourth steal, he kind of got cold feet because one of the tellers shorted him. Like, she had more cash in her cashier box mm-hmm. than uh, she gave him. And he kind of called her on it and was like, you can do better than that. And she was like, no, I can't. And then the way he described it was this teller called my bluff and I completely lost the hand. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, God. Uh, And then he walks away and she starts yelling, lock the doors, lock the doors, which I'm surprised it took till the fourth one for anybody to have the guts to do something like that. But he just walks normally out the doors because he knew if he ran that someone would have tried to stop him. Yeah. But by just walking normally, he was making it seem like they didn't know who she was referring to. Right, and yeah. he makes it just out, the way he describes it, of the both closing doors. And by the time that someone else tried to walk into the bank, the doors were already locked. Oh, okay. And that when he got to his car, there was a police car blocking it in. But as he was walking up to it, the policeman got a call on his radio probably about the bank and rushed over to it and he was able to just get in his car and I, drive yeah, away. Yeah, I saw, I, I remember my freshman year, um, one of my teachers was like, it was a Friday so he really wasn't doing anything and he pulled up a funny compilation and that sounds like something that happened where the robbers literally got in a car and then the policeman showed up, ran into the bank and the robbers drove away in the car so, yeah. yeah there were also a weird set of dynamics that the interviews took on especially from his friend Audrey's point of view it seemed like a lot of the people describing him were complimentary in a way his whole family tends to sort of think he's brilliant because he was able to get away with a few small robberies and then they kept trying to present him as like this unique bold but smart and impressive sort of person and audrey you could tell just from the way she spoke about him um she's she's a laser tattoo remover um she doesn't have like a huge career or anything but yeah but she seems pretty obsessive or nutty into this dude like even though he was married at the time that they were friends it's pretty clear that she had like a crush on him and she doesn't really seem phased by the fact that he ends up being this bank robber type guy so i don't know what the effect that or how he's able to sway these people into liking well you said he's married right so well he was married but he was a horrible he even says he was a horrible husband he would just spend the time while his wife was pregnant going to either play poker or plot his next robbery And he only did, like, four of them, I'm pretty sure, unless they just glossed over a bunch of other ones. So when he got this money, did they say what he did with it, or did they, like... Yeah, he, like, either spent it on himself with gambling, or he gave it away because he liked people feeling grateful to him. Like, (laughs) his friend was like, I heard him on the radio give money to a police station. And that friend later on, when his wife left him and he lost his apartment, let him stay at his place. And so when Clay started getting paranoid about the cops, or there was a detective looking for him, he supposed it was because someone had recognized one of the bank footage uh, news stories Mm -hmm. that were circulating at the time. On the news stations, yeah. Yeah. And so his friend actually advised him not to go 
um, to the actual station and get an interview because if the cops had anything, they would have just issued a warrant. So he was almost, Larry, his friend was almost uh, evading the police with him. <laughs> but uh, after a while, it became pretty obvious that this clay guy wasn't stealing enough. They didn't say this in the show, but if he's only taking like $4,000 every time he steals from the bank. Especially if he's like going And he doesn't have risk. really a job and he's losing money he's gambling. He's a mask and there's always the risk of him. Yeah, yeah. And with the whole idea of him almost getting caught that one time, like I think he started getting jittery because he ends up like at an emergency room because he has nowhere else to go. At a hospital? Yeah, but he just walks there. He's like, I know they have a 24-hour sit-in emergency area, and so one day I just walked in there, sat down, and I called my mom afterwards. And then they don't really explain what happens after that, besides the mom saying, yeah, I knew he hit rock bottom. Wait, so he walked into an emergency room at a hospital because he had nowhere else to go, called his mom, and then they don't explain what happens after that? Yeah, I mean, the mom literally says... I knew my son had hit rock bottom, but she doesn't explain why they didn't then go pick him up and try to help him out after that. They just say he wanted to be on his own, but he's the one who made the call. Did they, yeah. Did they say how young he was by uh, when he was doing these robberies? Well, they said that he was 25 when he got into gambling, 26 by the time that he was uh, really into gambling. So probably the 26 to 30, because they kept on giving the years of like 2004, 2006. Um, I think most of the robberies happened in 2006. And so what he does, instead of, like, a normal thing, he, like, practices being in prison because he wants to know that he can handle the isolation. So he rents a hotel room and just stays in there for the longest time and just says, I made friends with uh, hitting a paper football to the end of the room. And, and I realized I'm watching a show where a guy is just talking to me about playing with a paper football, and this is such a waste of time, and this is the same dude who everybody's calling a genius. And this is, uh, <laughs> you said this was the eighth episode, right? Yeah, this is the eighth episode, and I have to wonder, is it every time they just find these low-level criminals who sort of rob banks? But I wanted a real bank robber, well, no yeah. offense. Well, well, I wanted a Clive Owen in Inside Job. Breakdown of well, (laughs) anyone who's hoping for that might be disappointed because uh, one of the sources I saw talked about the fact that the the stories on the show don't really revolve around this one time bank like robbery. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a heist. I think they said might. Yeah, they said that basically what it is is just a lot of people going to different banks throughout the series in these episodes and and uh, robbing different ones for kind of low amounts of money. Um, like one episode focuses on a bank manager who starts robbing banks from the inside after a reunion with his criminal father. Hmm. So that's type of like that's kind of like the type of show that uh, it is. And that sounds sort of interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's a it's an eight part drama documentary series. So this was this the was, last this part. This was the last. This part. was what they were going out. Yeah, the last one. So huh. and it, of course it's um, it's actually partnered with Vice. Yeah, they've got Vice Land all over the... Yeah, and Antenna Pictures, so they kind of decided to uh, both, you know, make this series and... Yeah, what was odd about this one, other than it just being a 10-minute story that they stretched out into being 30 minutes with more just long lines and recreated scenes that had long shots of just driving and parking cars, (laughs) (laughs) Um, they repeated stuff a bunch of times, uh... 
his the the weirdest part is that he turned himself in at the end because he was like yeah i realized from my hotel experience hotel prison that i could go to ho- to a prison and be fine so he goes to a, a jail basically and says i did it and uh his brother had probably the best line about it clint clint and clay but uh clint says that's the weirdest thing about this you're a bank robber and you told on yourself why did you tell on yourself he failed at poker he succeeded at bank robbery and i'm like did he really succeed at bank robbery but yeah and i think there's a little bit about him that wants to share that with people and i was like that's what this is this guy has served his sentence but he still wants to feel special like he did beforehand because he's an arrogant asshole so he's trying to like sensationalize his experience and make it seem like he's a cool dude for having succeeded in his bank robberies when really it didn't seem like he had much of a choice because he didn't have too much family backing him up except for turning himself in like he was obviously being plagued with either guilt or just remorse for what he had done so it as much as they want to say it's weird that he wasn't in a gang or that he wasn't on drugs when he was doing this i don't find it nearly as special as a lot of the families made it seem it might have been also one of those things where it's like the pressure was getting to him like you said the like footage was being shown on the news and stuff and he might have just been getting tired of that mm-hmm. so yeah the the most i learned about actual bank robbery robbing is robbery <laughs> um is that 20 banks are robbed each day oh that, well, the tagline said 14 but yeah oh well maybe they stretched it out in there and then they said about 50 50 chance of getting caught Okay, yeah, that's... Yeah, and that you're not supposed to come in there waving a gun. You're not supposed to come in if you want to be successful with a huge group of people. You're supposed to just go in there by yourself and kind of... When you pass a note saying, like, here's the, uh, I want, like, give me the money, no one gets hurt, do do the banks, like, have to give you the money, or...? I think it's, like, with retail stores, they've learned through bad transactions that, um... If you chase a criminal, uh, or if you try to fight them at that yeah, moment, confront them, yeah. yeah, confronting them is just a bad idea. That's why they don't even really hire the same type of security that they used to, because it's like, we'll give the police the footage. We have enough cameras around where if they really are going to steal a lot, we'll catch them. And if they're stealing like petty stuff, it's they're going to just take it out of the obviously, budget. obviously safety first, but still with like a bank. I mean, that's that seems a little like anyone Again, could do that. Again, it's not worth a thousand to seven thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, it didn't make much sense did, coming from his point of view. Did this like um, did this episode end with like it trying to be like touching like a big song or something like oh, that? Oh yeah, that was another thing. That's different than the crime shows that you usually get, where it's like it ends on this ominous note, and you're like, ooh, that was you're creepy. To be like, whoa, yeah. Yeah, this was more of a moral like cookie center it was like oh he actually learned something from his experience because once he got out he was like i really missed having hugs with family and i just wanted to get back to normal conversations and so you did get that moral note but the cynic in me is still thinking to myself like there's there's parts of this story that i feel like weren't explained exactly that were just used to fit the mold of of this show or portrayed differently yeah 
Yeah, like it, there was a big gap between the time that he was successful with these robberies to him losing all his stuff. And it's, was he just gambling so much that he lost everything? And if so, why didn't he go in for more thefts? Like what, what was going through his mind at that time? I'm not really interested in finding out, but <laughs> I think that there was probably more missing from it. Yeah, this is a show that's being streamed right now on Vice. So that's kind of where it's um, coming if, from. If you're a Crime Junkie fan, if you like crime shows in general, it's probably worth one or two episodes to watch. But I think you'll get the gist of what this show is pretty quickly yeah each episode uh tells a different story with reconstructs and answers how the robbers committed the crimes and why tom keeling is working on this show he's someone who is kind of the most qualified he's worked on a ton of different um things banged up abroad discovery body cam he worked on two shows see no evil and the devil speaks so did you find out what those shows were like banged up abroad no i I wasn't able to find much on it i just imdb thing including this how do i what's the imdb on aya it, it has like 19 reviews but it's like a 6.6 yeah it's pretty mediocre i don't think a lot of people do a lot of research on this because when i clicked on the episodes guide it said it was supposed to be eight episodes and literally there was only three episodes listed with no ratings and not even a cast just mm-hmm. one person so yeah i mean yeah when they make these i think they kind of make them as a batch and then they throw them out there and see what sticks and if it got great reception then they would have come back with like three more seasons of it and and then just replayed those over and over and yeah. over. I, I just don't think it's popular enough for um, the shows to, to keep going, even though Antenna Pictures and um, Vice, which apparently Antenna Pictures is pretty big, like did decide that they were really trying to make this show mm-hmm. good and stuff like that. They wanted to kind of give you an outsider's perspective in terms of like, this is how people rob a bank and like kind of, you know, different people, teachers, yeah. students, all that type of stuff. So Again, not the worst thing in the world. I think that they're probably working on a pretty big budget, uh, and that's why they have all these recreation scenes, um, that these actors are probably getting paid next to nothing to be in, but (laughs) then they can put it onto their resume uh, resume or IMDb. So you can be like, yeah, I play Clay. (laughs) Who's Clay? (laughs) It's like the uh, Arrested Development with Tobias. It's like Andy Richter when he played in one of those, I think. I will That's say, how he started his career. Oh, yeah, I remember the comedy Bang saying that. Yeah, there was one episode... This show does focus on some famous stuff. There was one episode focused on David Gaunt, who apparently when I typed his name into Wiki, or Google, it came out with his Wikipedia um, bank heist, which oh, was cool. a little strange. But, um, but yeah, that's, I think, the most famous one that they uh, they have right now. So, mm-hmm. I wonder if he's still in jail or not. Yeah, I, I didn't check. <laughs> Well, that's it for today's episode. Join us next time when you see it on the podcast app or whatever you're listening to this on. Your computer, your iPhone, your iPod. (laughs) Does anybody still have an iPod? I don't think so. If you still have an iPod, comment and tell us about that. All right. Bye. Bye.